While my career hasn't gone exactly as planned, I'm so glad I found a place at Grandin and Burke. Their client list is pretty well stacked with my interests, affordable housing, children's advocacy, environmental protection. I might not be getting assigned to the heavy hitters I'd hoped for. Saving the eels isn't exactly stopping climate change. But I can get on board. I feel like I've made a good impression here. And with my best friend Brian at my side, I think I'm on track to really make some waves. That being said, I didn't think I made enough of an impression to get the attention of the partners. But apparently I'm wrong. The executive vice president, Allison Jensen, is standing at my desk talking about a new project. I'm so ready for this. It's the perfect opportunity to prove what I can do and why I'm a great asset for this firm. You're listening to The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast. Maxine Sullivan. Max, I'm sorry, I don't mean to call you the Maxine. Um, I know you go by Max. I've got something I need you to work on. I need you to head up north, maybe take Brian. I've got a lady that lives up near, lives in Ruth, that's causing a problem with uh, the one group that we're working with, uh, the Yola Bully Middle Eel Wilderness. Do you remember that group? Uh, yeah, I haven't. Um, I haven't done a whole lot with that account yet, but um, I, I was read in. I think I can grab my notes. Well, you know, that's going to be what we're going to be working on next. We got a spotted owl thing going on up there, and this lady lives right next to Perry's Knob. And apparently there's a couple of these birds that live up there and she won't let any of the uh, conservation groups go up there. So we kind of want to talk with her and maybe maybe see what she wants, maybe negotiate a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds good. Um, is she, uh, I assume she's not expecting us. I don't think she's going to expect us. Um, we tried to reach her by phone and the connection that one of the interns got, they said that it was it was all crackly and whatnot. Uh, that makes sense for being up in the boonies. Yeah, it's way up there. It's what, four and a half hours north of Sacramento? Yep, quite a drive. Well, I'm sure that you're going to do fantastic. Uh, I'm going to send you the files uh, to your phone. Do you need anything from me? Um, anything you have, I guess it'll be in those files. Um, that would be awesome. I know Brian and I will totally knock this out of the park. Don't you worry. All right. I like hearing that. And with that, the woman turns and walks off back into her office. The door closes and you see Allison Jensen, executive vice president. And then underneath the company name, Grandin and Burke LLC. Grandin and Burke LLC is a mid-sized lobbying firm that's located in downtown Sacramento. They take up the entire third story of one of the buildings that are there. Their clients range from all kinds of groups. They've got the people of California, Livable California, Children's Advocacy Group, a security company named Cypress Security LLC, another company called Trinity County Preservation Society, Yola Bully, a Middle Eel Wilderness Group, Klamath Mountain Keepers, Assurity Actuary, U.S. Borax, and the Patagon Owl Society. Now, we know that Max has not worked with the U.S. Borax and Patagon Owl Society. Those seem to be the primo jobs. They really get handled by the uh, two main lobbyists and the two partners themselves. 
But here you go, you got a new project and looking at Google Maps, it's gonna be a four and a half hour drive through Northern California to the town of Ruth, California. You look at your watch and it says 9 a.m. Max, one of the interns comes by, looks at you. Um, um, here's your coffee. You wanted two sugars, right? Uh, yeah, thanks for that. You're welcome. Um, well, I hope, I hope you have a good day. Um, if you need anything else, you know, you can always reach out to me and, and Artem. We're, we're right over there if you want to, want us to, if you, if you need anything done. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. You know what? I am actually going to be headed out for most of the day. So if you could just like keep an eye on my phone, that would be awesome. And, uh, you know, I just had a chat with Allison. If she sends you, go let her know you're, you know, helping me out with this. That would be awesome. She might pass you some more info. But um, yeah, I'm probably going to be losing service at some point. So anyway, if she if she M- gives Ms. you something. Miss Jensen? Yeah. I can go talk to Miss Jensen. Go talk to her assistant. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Bye. Thank you. Bye. And the intern pads off in search of uh, Mrs. Jensen's uh, executive assistant. Since it's fairly early in the day, you could probably make it up there once you wrangle up Brian and, you know, head out on the road. You can probably head up there pretty soon. You'll probably need to find a place to stay up that way, but... You know, look when you get there, right? Yeah. uh, I don't know that Max is thinking that far ahead, but she she's she's ready to zoom on a new project. But if we've got a four hour drive, she can certainly Google things along the way. Yeah, she is. She is off on the hunt for Brian. You're able to send Brian a, a quick text message right as soon as you send the message. He has sent back a text. I just found a parking space. <laughs> Oops. Uh, then, fine. I, I respond and tell him, fine, come on in. We can do a little research here before we get on the road. A few moments later, your coworker Brian Martinez walks to your desk. Having just found a parking place, you see that he's bundled up in this uh, nice December weather in Northern California. He's got a stylish coat on. Hey. Oh, sorry. I. Uh, so what's what's happening? We're going up to Ruth. Yeah, we are going up to um, assist with a thing directly from Allison. So that's pretty exciting. Oh, but okay. um, yeah, so we're shifting over to work on some of the Yala Bali stuff. I I frankly don't remember the briefing on that very I, well. I read that like a week ago. It's like I'm gonna have to refresh my memory. I guess you have a pretty long drive to do that on though. Yeah, um, I'm grabbing my laptop and I'm gonna try and hotspot for like as long as humanly possible. But um, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. This is the. Um, Nature Preserve, it's the spotted owl thing. Yes, yes, I yes, thought yes. that was an intriguing one for us. But uh, yeah, so it's it's that one. Um, apparently there's a lady up there whose property apparently has some living there. And we are supposed to go up there and talk to her and kind of get fi- figure out if she'll let some of our folks on the land at least so we can 
strategize. Yeah, we can think there's some strategies on the way up, I guess. She's not letting anyone on the property, so we have to go talk to her and see see what we can do to get her. I mean, it should... should we call ahead? Allison said that they tried to get in touch with her, but everything was super staticky, so I don't know. Let's have one of the interns, um, Arthur? Ar- Arthur? Ar- Ar- Arthur? One of them uh, literally just talked to me minutes ago, yeah. and I cannot, I cannot tell let's them have, apart. Let's see if, like, right? Let's let's have one of them maybe just try calling and let them know if they can get through. Say, hey, we have someone on the way, and they can let us know if he's still service, but worth a shot. That's that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So you call out to Arthur, a nebbish-looking fellow, comes running up. Oh, it's Artem. Artem. Right, right. Yep. What what can I do for you? Oh, right. Um, we we're headed out on uh something from Allison. Would you mind? Uh, we're going to see Lady and Ruth. Here is her number. Uh, I guess Allison's team had been trying to re- reach her, haven't gotten through. If you could just try to get a hold of her and let her know that we're on the way up to talk to her, um, that would be great. And if you get through, you can send us a text if we still have service. Even a little heads up, I think, would be great. If not, I guess she'll be in for a surprise. But here's the number. Okay. He takes a little sticky note, looks down at it. Hmm. Lavinia Titus. I think I tried calling her before. He looks left, looks right. Um... We didn't have a really good connection. She wasn't very nice. What did she say? Oh, lots of things that I really, really would feel embarrassed about saying over the, you know, in person or over the phone. I think some of this stuff would put me on a list that wouldn't allow me to fly anywhere. So does she know we're coming? How far did you get in the conversation? Um, not, not too far. I mentioned where we were from. And I think she might have thought I was a, like a process server or something. Okay. I'm not entirely sure. She doesn't. She didn't. She didn't seem all there, man. Hmm. Okay. This might be hard, more difficult than we thought. I'll I'll call her again though. I mean, yeah. Oh I'll yeah. Worth a shot. Thank. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. 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 No problem. Thanks, Arthur. Artem. Artem. <laughs> Artem. Yeah. And then he walks back over swiftly to his desk and and sits down and uh, you know picks up the phone and starts calling out. Right. So what is it that you guys are going to look look into? I think after I realize how far the drive is, I think I'm uh, hey, Max, I think we should head out now. I don't know how late we're going to need to be there, but probably worth getting a jump on it. Yes, I agree. I yeah, I'm prepared to uh, do any any research we need on the way up. I wish we had a little bit more time yeah. to look this lady up, but um, I am getting the feeling that she will be hard to access. Yeah, so I'm guessing we'll just drive up and knock on her door. We'll see. Uh, yep. All right. Um, let me let me go see. If, I'm going to go by the intern desk, see if they have my coffee, and then we'll, we can get out of here. Nice. Yvette provides you with your, your coffee. She's all smiles. She's always been smiles. She looks just like Yolanda from the last group of interns. Oh, gosh. You think? Or wait, or is this Yolanda? And Yvette was from the was the from the previous one. I just say uh, thanks so much. And then I head back, head back and grab Max and head start heading toward the car. 
you see the name written on the Starbucks cup. It says Mike with a Y. Like M-I-K-E, new word, W-I-T-H, space, Y. All right, Tim Max, do we know a Mike? Mike with a Y? I don't... Is that one of the... Is that one of the other interns? No. I have no idea. Can they even, are they even allowed to get themselves coffee? I know that's like a snobbish question, but like... Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, <laughs> as long as it tastes okay, just it tastes it. it tastes fine. Let's okay. just go. You both hop into Brian's Prius. It's going to be a pretty long trip. You entered into the sat-nav. It's 238 miles to Ruth. You've got an address for her, but the address does not pull on the GPS. You pull up Ruth on Google Maps, and there's no street view of Ruth. It turns around about a mile and a half north. You do a quick Google search of Ruth, California. You find that it's a very small town. So small, in fact, that there are no photographs of the town online. You know that it is up north, it's in Trinity County, and it's deep in the Klamath Mountains. It, it borders the headwaters of the Mad River of California, and uh, which is a special river since most rivers normally flow south. This actually flows northwest. The trip north is along a long stretch of Highway 5, which is effectively just a two-lane highway that leads north. You're looking at some beautiful countryside of Northern California. Houses become more and more sparse. The land opens up, and eventually you come to Route 36. Route 36 is a tight and narrow two-lane road that cuts through the Klamath Mountains. There are tall standing pines on both sides of the roads and some mountain outcrops on each side. About 10 miles into Route 36, you lose cell phone and internet connection. The high today on December 1st is about 52 degrees. And it said that lowest is going to be about 34 maybe tonight. It's a pretty chilly and brisk day. But the skies look clear, and there are some remnants of some snow and some slush on the sides of the roads from a snowfall not too long ago. You gas up in downtown Mad River. Calling it downtown is somewhat of a joke. There's even a sign that says, Welcome to beautiful downtown Mad River. If you blink, you'll miss us. There's a burger shop here at the gas station. The guy that's manning the gas station gives you a little bit of a side eye as he sees your hybrid vehicle. This guy doesn't seem as though that he has most of his teeth, let alone, you know, most of his other faculties that are there. And you turn off the main road down into Mad River Road. This trip so far has been about three hours. You've got another, another hour left, and it looks like it's only about maybe 25 miles to the south to Ruth. Your research finds that Lavinia Titus owns property, and it is right up against Perry's Knob, which is one of the largest peaks in the Klamath Mountains in this area. There apparently is a spotted owl rookery that is just off of her property, and there are no farming roads, there are no fire roads that can get there. It's right behind her property. Some scientists and conservationists have been out there before. That's how they found the owls. 
but they were chased off by dogs and people firing shotguns into the air yelling at them. So it seems like she's really friendly. Right as soon as you had lost connection, you did get a text message from Artem. Got in touch with Lavinia, told her that you would be there. She said, sure, make her day. And I think that's all that was said other than some other curse words. You try to reply back to him, and by that time, you, you've already lost connection. Well, she sounds lovely. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I am truly not entirely sure how this is going to go any different for us than it did for the others that came before us. Right. So I wonder what they offered her, or did they offer her anything? Did they just ask nicely? Uh, typically, those survey guys, they don't really offer anything. They just request yeah. time. Um, I mean, obviously, we can offer her a fee. I don't know if she's going to care about money. It doesn't seem like she wants anybody around. It seems like she just wants to be left alone. Yeah, I guess we'll see when we get there. I guess that's a good starting point, at least. Yeah, and approaching with our hands already up. Yep. The road snakes back and forth and goes from two lane to one lane. As you pass Ruth Lake, you come to a Y in the road. So you see in the standing in the standing pines here, you can either go left or onto the single lane road, which turns to dirt shortly thereafter. Or you can make a right and head back home and maybe ride off and say, she just wouldn't budge. This is your turnaround point, if you will. Well, we gotta try, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if we can, uh, I mean, this is extremely dubious of me to say, but if we can get this lady to change her mind, Allison is gonna think we are amazing. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do, yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. And I veer off to the left. As you do, your satellite radio cuts out. You try to search for a radio station and you cycle through the channels and just get static upon static upon static. And then you realize there's an FM channel. And again, you get static as you cycle through all of the channels that are available. I think after a little while of trying that, I just shut it off. With the road serpentine and meandering through the mountains here, it seems to raise an elevation. You see a tall man walking alongside the road. He's easily seven foot tall. He's got a pair of jean shorts. Oh no, they're jeans. They're just really, really short. They're almost like pedal pushers and high waters for him. He's barefoot and he has a fishing pole over one shoulder and he's carrying a uh, bucket. Which side of the road is he on? On the right-hand side of the road. Passenger side, okay. I'm going to slow down and roll down Max's window. Brian, 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 uh, Brian, Brian, gotta, what are you doing? We got to ask, ask, do you think he knows the right way? Uh, I'll talk I, to him. Okay. All right. Hi, excuse me, sir. He leans down, he bends at his waist and looks down into the car. You see a boyish face. Hello. Hi, we're looking for uh, Lavinia Titus. <laughs> What do you want to do with her? 
I just have a couple questions for her. Okay. She's up the road. Make a left, the third one. If you'd gone too far, you would have seen that there is a big brock in the road. I'm well on the side of the road. Sounds good. Thank you so much. And I'll slowly start driving away. And he waves and his hand is giant. This man would probably make a hell of a living as a basketball player if he had any any bit of athleticism to him. And it's a little bit creepy as he waves slowly as you pull off. Well, that guy seems straight out of like a folktale or to kill a mockingbird or something. I suppose. I mean, that that went. Um, he was helpful. I was not expecting helpful. Yeah. I admit that. Okay. Well, I guess third left. You see the first left, there is a sign that goes back to a ranch, the Sweet Charms Ranch. The second left that you come across just has a number, 9810. And you keep traveling, you don't seem to come to a third turn. But you do see a very large piece of granite on the left-hand side of the road. It looks as though that it fell from the mountain above. You're pretty deep in this mountain hollow. Okay, I feel like we might have missed it. Uh, there, was, there was not a whole lot um, for us to miss. What was her address again? Uh, and she pulls out the piece of paper and it's like, I don't, but I haven't seen a street sign in a while. Is 9810 isn't her address though? No. Okay. Well, does the road go past the rock, the granite rock? Yes, it does continue on past, further south. Should we keep going, or do we think we missed it? I, I mean, I don't, I don't think we missed it, unless okay. there was a, a yep. real bramble path. Right. Let's just go a little further and keep an eye, keep our eyes peeled. Okay. A little bit further up the road, maybe about a mile. You see that there is a sign for a trailer park, and there is a, a lane that kind of goes off to the right. It makes like a, a loop, if you will, with two rows of small, old trailer homes. There is a sign that is nailed to the Ruth Trailer Park sign that says closed. These homes do not appear to be occupied. They are in a lot of words, creepy. Does there appear to be a, like, office or an office trailer anywhere? No. Well, I guess we went too far. Yeah. You can still keep going down the road. It's just that you're like, oh, hey, that might have been something. But yeah, there's no no office. It's It seems almost as though it's abandoned. Okay. Um... Did we happen to bring a map of the area, or were we dumb? I would say that since we knew we were going into a location where we would not have self-service, Max probably would have printed out uh, a good old map quest or something. Oh, map quest! I remember those days. Yeah, <laughs> when you she, needed to get lost have, really bad. Yeah, exactly. Or if there happened, I don't know that there would have been a quick way to get like a, an actual normal map around the office. But, um, yeah, probably just a printout of step-by-step directions. That would have inevitably led us to being inside of any sort of stream or lake. Yes, 
the directions got you to Ruth. They did not get you to Lavinia's house. Further on, you right below, right before where your map cuts off, because you only printed so far down, you see markings for Ruth Airport, which is further down the road. That seems to be our next... I guess. ...locale. I mean, somebody in an airport will have to know the area. Yeah. Have we passed any sort of town center or... No. Okay. Yeah, I guess we'll just keep going. The road travels along the Mad River, and as you're coming down into... Well, you're traveling in the valley, in the hollow. As you descend, you see that there is a one runway on the other side of the river. There's a nice bridge that goes across, and there is a small tower that's there. And uh, two vehicles parked near the tower. There's also a, a small hangar area as well. I guess... I don't know. This seems as good a spot as any to ask around. Uh, yeah. I mean, at the very least, I hope they have a bathroom. Yeah. All right. I'll pull into the airport parking lot. It's not so much... Well, it is an airport parking lot, but it's not an airport as you would think. It's a small regional airport. Sure. As uh, you park, you see a tall uh, fellow... A Hispanic-looking fellow with a very dapper mustache come out of one of the buildings that's there and just leans against the door. Um, I'm going to take off my tie just so I look a little bit less lawyery, and then park the car, take off my tie, and then start to get out. As you approach him, he's he smiles at you, and it's the million-dollar smile, and he's just waiting for you to come up to him. So... I will walk up towards him. Brian is wearing just like a standard dress shirt and slacks, but he's tall. He looks pretty physically fit. Uh, he's got tan skin uh, and black hair. And he will walk up and greet the gentleman in Spanish. He responds back to you. Hello. Hola. Como estas? Uh, muy bien. ¿Y tú? Ah, bien. Uh, and then I will ask him if he knows Lavinia Titus. Lavinia? Yeah, I know I know Lavinia. What do you want with Lavinia, Titus? Uh, we have a few questions for her. Her property is next to an area of the mountain that we're, we're trying to get access to, and her property is the only way there, so we're trying to see if we can convince her to let us through. Man, you're going to have a rough time. She does not like anybody. We had a fire up here. We had a lot of fire jumpers through here. This usually ends up being there. You know, one of their places of uh, their headquarters. She was threatened by by the Trinity County Sheriff's uh, with jail time if she didn't allow them to go through her property. So she kind of agreed. Wow. Okay. You guys are f- not f- from around here. Uh, no. What gave it away? And I'll. <laughs> Somebody's driving a brand new Prius. I guess that's true. At least not a Tesla. It was one of those electronic vehicles. You'd be fucked. Though. Oh yeah. Wait, wait, wait. And he points over and you see that there is a charging station. Whoa. An EV charging station. It's not turned on yet. They still have got to come up here, but we're working on it. There you go. Yeah. So you guys hungry? Uh yeah. Also, do you guys have you have a bathroom here by chance? Oh, yeah. We've had a yeah, long got, drive. We've got a bathroom. Come on inside. Okay. I kind of waved to Max to come over. 
Uh, yeah, Max, I think she's probably been fumbling around with stuff in the car for for a little bit since they have probably made a big old snack mess in the back and whatever. Oh, 100%. Yeah, so she she's grabbing all the garbage and, and pulling it into a bag that she can hopefully dump inside. Max totters out of the car in her uh, probably inappropriate for this terrain heels. Got a pretty uh, business casual look about her. She's got pretty pretty curly hair that she's got kind of tied back in a in a professional little bun. She's kind of brushing off some of the wrinkles in her dress and and heading that direction. As you enter into this building, you see that there is a small coffee shop, burger shop, like little restaurant here, and there is somebody working behind the the register. The person's eyes brighten up. The uh, the tall fellow yells something in Spanish to them, and they get everything uh, going. And oh, hi, uh, welcome in. What what can I make for you? And motions for the menu behind them. Um, I will point Max towards the bathroom if I see a sign, and then I'll go up and order. Probably just order for the two of us. <laughs> oh yeah, Max is just holding up a, a, a two fingers. She's like two, whatever you want, two. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll ask the chef, what's what's good? What's the best thing here? Um, so I've got a great garden burger. I use Beyond Burger, Beyond Meat for it. Um, but I've also got one that, I've got one that uses corn. I make it like a chicken burger, but it's not really chicken. It's made of corn, but not corn with the C, corn with the Q. Um, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a mushroom, mushroom based uh, meat free. When you look at the menu, the menu is vegan. I don't even have to ask. All right. Um, let's two of those, please. Sounds good. Yeah. And they brings out the food fairly quickly. Actually, it takes a little bit longer than than normally you would expect, but he's the only one working here. And Max comes back. You do notice that when the food is delivered, it's delivered on biodegradable and compostable plates. The drinks that are are provided to you are on compostable cups with compostable straws. Not what you would expect in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I'll dive in. Food's fantastic. Excellent. The uh, the other fellow comes back, the tall, tall tall guy comes back. Sorry, I needed to double check. Um, we didn't have anybody on schedule. I want to make sure nobody showed up on the radar. I do. We work a couple double duties here. I imagine you'll get a ton of traffic up here. We get the occasional fishermen. You know, don't look like fishermen. Not saying that you're not. But, eh? We're not. Uh, name's Rodrigo. Brian. Martinez. Nice to meet you. Max Sullivan. Hello. I I wish I can give you some some hints about, about Lavinia. Her and her boy, you know, they do their own thing. But that's what people that choose to live out here often do. Do their own thing. Her, her boy, is he young or... Uh, he's about 14, 13, 14. I think. I'm not sure if he's even got a birth certificate. Hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't working here when, when the kid was born, but from what I hear, uh, that family doesn't care for the, uh, care for hospitals or government or whatnot. Pretty sure the kid was born up in their, up in their, uh, their estate on property. Kid is tall. I'll kind of share a look with Max. Like seven feet tall? If not more. He's 14. About that, yeah. The other day when we, uh, you know, this last uh, last fall, he was walking down the road just palming watermelons. He's a nice, nice kid. Little, little odd, but 
I'm not hmm. from I'm not from around here, as you can tell. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, delicious food here. What's the best way to find her? Um, so if you would go back up this road, about a quarter of a mile, you make a right right past the big granite chunk. That'll lead you up to her property. Oh, there was we saw the granite chunk. I didn't see a road there. Oh, it's it, uh, <laughs> air quotes road. Got it. Okay. Yeah, see? Bramble path. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll head out that way. What time is it now? Like one? About two-ish. Two-ish. We close down here about uh, 435 o'clock. Okay. Um, if we have to spend the night, where's the nearest place that would be good to do that? Hotel, wherever. I would probably head back up to Mad River. You might be able to get one of the cabins up there. Okay. Up at the turnaround. They've got some nice cabins. Some of them are, uh, they're not, they're not, not too bad. There's nothing, nothing here in, in Ruth. Um, there is a campground up near the lake and I think that there's a motel, but last I heard, um, Wavy wasn't doing so well. So I don't know if he's taken on any guests at the motel. That's actually between here and Mad River. So, okay. Well, maybe it'll go very well and he won't have to spend the night. Hopefully. I wish you luck though. Thanks. Yeah. Um, how you doing on fuel? Um, I'm trying to think. I probably filled up before we left. Got a quarter of a tank. Okay. Quarter tank gone or quarter tank left? Left. I can get you some gas. Uh, it's we've only got really we've got some of the the higher test stuff, but it probably do probably do fine for you. Yeah. Uh, and nearest gas station to be Mad River. Yep. Okay. But you can get you can you can get some gas here while we're still while we're still open. I appreciate it. Yeah, let's do that. And then hopefully should be able to make it to Mad River after that. All right. Uh, if the, the card reader gives you any problems, come back in. I could I could have Elliot run it for you. And he nods over to the restaurant. Cool. Sounds good. And I'll gather up our trash and head out. You gas up and gas is a dollar and a half more here than it is down south. It's also only 96 grade up here. And then there were some higher ones. Because a lot of this is airline fuel as well. Right. Yeah. Um, so just use the, the company <laughs> card since it's a work trip. And yeah. It doesn't accept your card. It says signal not found. All right. Uh, I'll head in. Elliot, the cook, runner, person, all around every other job other than airport job stuff, runs the card for you. Says, all right. This, this should show up probably uh, maybe... Maybe a day or so when the satellite lines up overhead. <laughs> that sounds about right. Okay. Thank you, Elliot. I appreciate it. Quite welcome. Thanks for coming in. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm glad you like the food. Do the people here like your food? Leads in. They ain't got no choice. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, for the most part, they like it. I do a pretty good job of, of seasoning things. And I don't tell everybody especially some of the folks that it's not chicken but there's a lot of hunters and fishermen up here i mean they do their thing that's cool just don't put that on my girl yeah that makes sense and he's got a beaming smile all right well we're we'll head out then i guess so you hit the road and you you head back up and as you pass by the trailer park you see a couple people walking two people walking amongst the houses that are there. 
they kind of stop and watch the car go by. They're dressed in utility pants, like work pants, like car hearts. And uh, they're both wearing, you know, winter, winter coats that have seen better days. And they stop and they stare as the vehicle drives by. You get an ill feeling about them. An ill feeling about the trailer park. That place is still creepy as shit. Um, yep. Let's never stop here. Nope. Oh, keep, keep driving. <laughs> keep on zooming. You get back to the rock and you go a little bit slower this time. And you see two ruts in a bit of the field in the undergrowth that cut between two very large, tall pine trees. The trees don't start to branch out until maybe 20 or 30 feet uh, up. So you got a lot of clearance here. It's a tight turn between the trees, but a, uh, you know, a, a full-size pickup truck could make it. So obviously your little Toyota could as well. You start your way up this road and you're doing more, no more than three to five miles an hour at most. It cuts a switchback three times as it begins to climb up the mountain. On the third switchback, standing in the middle of the road, you see the very tall man that you saw earlier. And he's just standing in the middle of the road. No longer has a fishing rod and a bucket. He bends at the waist and kind of looks down sideways through you at through the windshield and waves slowly. I'll give him a like a wave yeah. and just like yeah, just smiling like a grimacing. He walks toward you, walks toward the driver's side, still bent over at the waist. Uh, I'll roll my window down. Hi. Hi, nice to see you again. So I take it that you missed the you missed the turnoff, huh? Uh, sure did. Yeah, most people do. How are you doing? We're doing all right. Uh, hoping to see Lavinia. Is she available? She's up at the house. We were told you were coming. Oh, good. Is this an LX model? I'm gonna say no. It's a fancy car. Do you still have the? Do you have your satellite working up here? Like your GPS? Not at the moment. Oh, that's a shame. A lot of things don't work right up here. Yeah. All right, well, uh, I guess we'll go up to the house and see if we can talk to Lavinia. Okay. Take it real careful, because once you go past that first dip, make sure that you stay directly on the planks. I don't think your car could swim. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks for the tip. You're welcome. I'll see you in a little bit. I'll start driving and roll up the window. Max smacks Brian's arm like, should we offer him a ride? I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, do you need a ride? I would love a ride. All right. I'll put it in park and I'll get out and open the back seat for him. Okay. He uh, gets into the car. His knees are up around his chest in the back of the car and his head is kind of tilted a little bit offward to the right. He does not fit in your vehicle. Takes up the whole back seat, I guess. He does. He's a skinny guy, but he's tall. Just tall and lanky. Tall and lanky. Well over seven foot tall. 
Uh, Max moves up her seat. Like, is that uh, is that helping any? Oh yeah, this is lovely. All right. Um, guess we'll head up. My name's Wilbur. What's yours? I'm Brian. Hello, Brian. I'm Max. Hi, Max. You uh, you you lived up here long? All my life. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm homeschooled. Oh, the the family home, I guess. Up here. Yep. Me, my ma, and grandpa. Well, that's sweet. Well, grandpa's not in this house. Grandpa's in the house uh, further back. He doesn't like folks. Now that I think about it, mama doesn't like folks either. I see. That's uh, a shame. We've Everybody we've met around here has been real nice. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're real nice. I like to try to be nice too. Well, we're certainly appreciative of the directions you gave us earlier, even if we kind of messed them up. It's okay. It's rough going to try to find stuff around here. I appreciate the ride. Of course. I mean, I haven't been in a vehicle this nice or this new in a long, long time. Oop, oop. Make sure you go slow up here. Okay. I'll go even slower. You see those two planks? Do we think that those their tires are going to fit on those planks? Um, how far is it if we walk from here? Oh, it's a good half mile. Uh, do I think my car will make it? You look at the planks and you don't know. Like, you think you can get the car across on the planks. You think the width is okay. But you're not so sure that the planks are going to hold your vehicle over this little bit of a gulch. Maybe we'll stop here and walk the rest of the way. Ain't no good place to turn around, though. Uh, I guess we've revert back up the whole way if we have to. Oh, that's right. You got a camera. That's fancy. Do you guys, do you guys got a car that, that comes over this a whole lot? Yep. Like a truck or something? Yep. She folks, Brian, I, if a truck's going over it. All right. Uh, it's company's dime if this does go south. Slowly inch away across. So go ahead and give me a drive roll plus 40 because you're going slow. Okay. Oh, shit. At the base, 20 in drive. All right. All right. First roll. First roll. Oh, boy. That is an 82. Oh! So the vehicle, the Prius, gets almost all the way across, and something runs across the road in front of you, and it causes you to jerk just a tiny bit and one of your rear wheels falls off of the the planks. Your front wheels there, though, are on it. And you pull forward and you hear a bit of crunch. And your vehicle made it across. Okay. But it bounced something underneath. You're not entirely sure what happened under there. After we get across, I'm going to stop the car and get out and check. Oh, can, can you get the door for me? Oh, of course. I'll open the door for him. He steps out. Oh, dang it. Walks over and grabs the plank and, and shifts it over. Looks like it moved. I'm sorry about that. That's fine. How's, how's the car? I'm trying to think. Is there a repair skill? No, there's not a repair skill. It would be under craft. Um, Go ahead and give me a drive roll. Mm. 36. It looks okay. Okay. I'll open the door for Wilbur. 
Oh, thank you, sir. Yeah. As he folds himself to get into the back seat of the car. And get back in and drive up the rest of the way. You drive for about a half mile more, and you don't do more than three or four miles. This is just basically two ruts driving through the woods. Ahead of you, elevated above the road, you see a wooden log house, almost like a lodge-style home. It has a wide porch out front with a couple chairs. There is the ubiquitous rocking chair there with a banjo sitting on it and a wooden uh, screen door with a uh, door behind. The clouds overhead have darkened just a little bit. Um, You could park here and then we could walk up to the house there. Um, If you pull up a little bit more, you can go to the garage. And that would be a good place to turn around if you like. Okay. Um, I'll actually take the time to turn around now so that we can just head out. If we get run out. Yeah, so if we can run if we have to. Wilbur, goddammit, I told you not to bring those outlanders up here. Oh, don't don't blame him. We We saw him on the road and we just wanted to give him a lift. That's right, Mama. They were very kind to me. We should repay in kind, like they say, yes? Fine. Like, well, welcome to the Titus Homestead. Um, would, would either of you happen to be named Demacus? No. No. No, 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 Demacus. Okay. Well, come on inside. And he unfolds himself and gets himself out of the car. You find it a bit striking that when he gets out of the vehicle, it looks as though that he's taking off a car suit and not exiting the vehicle. He heads toward the door and opens up the wooden screen door. Come on, let's not keep Mama waiting. All right, I'll head inside after him. As will Max. When the door opens, the smell of old homes assaults your senses. And I don't mean old as an old people home. I mean old as in most of these things are antique. There's a bit of mold. There's a little bit of mildew, but not something that is a a worry or concern, just something of a house in the middle of a forest that sees quite a bit of rain per year. The electricity is on and you see that there are some old style chairs about and, uh, you know, directly in front of you, there is a great room with a fireplace. You see that there is a tall woman. You can kind of get that this is where he gets his height. Um, she's over six foot tall herself. Not not as tall, but she's about six one, six two. Lanky, but very sturdy. Haggard and has uh, a mop of, uh, of hair that's pulled back into a bun. She's wearing both uh, pants as well as an overdress. Uh, seems more like you clothing for utility than fashion. She's standing there looking at both of you, and you can see that there is fire in this woman's eyes. Uh, Well, thank you so much for welcoming us into your home, uh, Mrs. Titus. Ms. Titus. Ms. Titus, my apologies. We just had a couple questions for you. Perhaps we could sit down, or? Yes, we could sit down. Mm Mm-hmm. She looks over to the left at a kitchen table. You see the kitchen table is filled with magazines about a foot and a half high, National Geographic magazines. She moves a few aside 
gently, not doesn't like brush them aside, but she actually, you know, picks them up and moves them, creates stacks for three places to sit. Now, Wilbur, you got your chores. Go do some of your choring around back, okay? Yes, Mama, I will go do so. And he heads toward the back of the house, and she motions for, for you to sit. Uh, I suppose you got a call that we were on our way. I did. My name is Brian. This is Max. We're here on behalf of some people we're trying to get access to the rookery that's behind your property and the Perry's Knob. Are you familiar with that? I am. I am familiar with Perry's Knob. I don't know about this rookery, though. Uh, apparently it's an owl, uh, spotted owl rookery that they're interested in preserving the species. Why would they want to go and do that? They're a goddamn pest. And they're none good eating either. So we uh, are here just to see what we could do to hope either get some access to property, either by vehicle or by even on foot, just uh, permission to access through your property. I don't like people coming up here on my property. We live a quiet life. We chose to live up here for a reason. Having people coming in and out, in and out, in and out, that's going to ruin the quiet night. We don't intend to, to make a, a large nuisance. This is purely for scientific reasons. Perhaps there is a compromise we could come to if these owls are being a nuisance to you. Perhaps if we can... A, a nuisance, even still a small nuisance, is still a nuisance. So you creating a large nuisance does me no good. You creating a small nuisance does me no good. We keep it quiet up here. Uh, we have no intention of crossing any lines, but perhaps there's still a way for us to help each other. How do you think you can help me? I've got everything I need. I got my boy. I got my pappy up, up further on the property. I've got food that I could put on the table. I've got a garden that helps feed us. What do you think that you can provide me? Hmm? Well... We have ways of providing some financial compensation. We had, now I'm sure this isn't exactly what you want, but we had a bit of trouble getting up your road off those planks. Perhaps we could provide some assisting, providing you some more stable ground so you yourself can get in and out of the property with ease. Oh, I can make it in and out of this property with no problem. There's a reason why those don't work so well, especially for people that try to drive over them that aren't used to it. Do you understand? I certainly do. We had a heck of a time just trying to find the turn, even with your son's assistance. So he did tell you how to get up here. Okay. Wilbur, I'll remember that. Sorry, Mama. I hope you don't think that I could be bought off. Come up here, waving around all your money, whatever it is that you want to give me, just so you can have people trouncing through my property to get to some damn bird. We have no intention of invading your privacy. In fact, we'd like to help you maintain it. I understand that that might require some compromise on your part, but we have some folks that are in fact interested in that bird. We could perhaps get them to help relocate those birds. You mean get those birds off out of that area? Now, what happens if they come in and they say they can't? I've read about them where they come in, they try to move some, they find out they can't because there's a whole new found of species that are not allowed. Hell, it's over here. And she reaches over to a pile of National Geographic, goes about 12 or 13 issues down, slides it out and slaps it down in front of you. And it is a National Geographic from, from the early 80s that talks about the spotted owl on how they tried to move them, but they found that they could not because there were others that were being grown there in nesting areas. 
very similar to what's going on now. Perhaps there's some way we could limit the access to one specific area or I don't know, even if specific times of the year, if that would be acceptable. And they don't go more than that? We can see what they would be willing to comp- to agree with, but that certainly seems like a we can limit it to... I'm not honestly not sure how often they would need to be here, but as li- little as they can, we can convince them to do it. That way we don't have to bother you. That might be something to think about. Hmm. Now, I'm providing you hospitality because you helped my boy. Would you like some coffee, tea, or a soda pop? Uh, what kind of soda? Uh, Pepsi. Uh, I think just water would be fine. Okay. How about you, Missy? Uh, if, if you've got some coffee on, that would be lovely. Otherwise, water is fine with me as well. I, I do have some coffee on. She stands up and walks to the back of the house. A little bit out of earshot but leaving the two of you sitting at the table, uh, looking at the National Geographic with the image of the spotted owl on the front. Kind of cute. Max starts flipping to the article. It's one of the first times that the spotted owl had been widely popularized in California. A lot of the tree hugger type stories, you even see a picture of someone that chained themselves to a tree to prevent it from being cut down. Well, times certainly have changed since this was probably relevant. Uh, yeah. Kind of glancing through the magazines, what's the most recent issue that I can see? 2015. Okay, so not too uh, Still been a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if... Well, it doesn't seem like she's too much into nature preservation specifically. It seems like she also is not fond of those that would put themselves on the line for it. Living in California for as long as you have, you recognize the start of an earthquake. The chandelier overhead begins to sway a little bit, and the house begins to creak, and a little bit of dust and dirt falls from the ceiling, some of the some of the crackings. I want to look around if there's like a heavy desk or something, or doorway we can stand under. There is a very prominent doorway not far away. I'll just kind of quickly go over there and... Come on, Max. Uh, Max kind of like looks at him like she's she's judging how bad this is going to be before she actually bothers to move. It's not particularly bad. It passes pretty quickly. Lavinia doesn't even seem to register it, but it was maybe a three, four. Okay, so not that bad. Not too bad, but enough to make you go, ooh, wait a second. The world is moving. Also, up in this house, you're not entirely sure that you were you were certain that the house would stand, but now you're pretty certain. It's well well made. She comes back in, puts down a thing of coffee, places down a sugar bowl and a bowl of cream, gives you a, a glass of ice water, and she's got a cup of coffee herself, and she sits back down. She doesn't even register that there was a rumble. Now, I think with a combination of paying for the entry onto my property, and doing that only on a uncertain times of the year for a set amount of years, and then we could reestablish and renegotiate, but they need to stick to a specific plan. That seems reasonable. I think I can do that. But the goal has to be to move them, not to keep them there. 
We will certainly bring that back to the surveyors. I'm sure that they're more interested in ensuring the safety of everyone, including the owls, than they are in, pardon the metaphor, ruffling any feathers. She starts to laugh, and it is a disturbing laugh. It sounds as though that she smoked cigarettes since she was 12. She coughs and sputters in her laugh. That was funny. Now, don't go thinking that because you made me laugh, things I'm, I'm makes, makes me like you. Because I don't. But that was funny. You want to make a phone call to your people? Uh, why? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get in contact with them. I can glance down at my watch, realize I don't have cell service, and yeah. look, look for a watch on her, a clock on her wall. You see that there is a clock on her wall. What time is it? After this conversation, it's about 3 34 o'clock. Okay. Yeah, we're fine. We yeah. can we can call the office. Yes, actually, if we could borrow your phone, that would be helpful. All right, come with me. She stands up and heads toward the back of the house again. Uh, she opens up a door, and you see that there is a three-panel bay window here and a roll-top desktop, a fax machine, and a phone set up there. She un- opens up the roll-top desktop, and you see that there is a brother word processor here. Ooh. And she has a, you know, a phone underneath the roll top desk. Go ahead and you can make your call. Uh, All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And then she steps out and closes the door and you hear it click behind her. There's a wonderful view outside this window of a garden and it overlooks the valley. It's just hard for you not to look because the beauty of the nature here is just amazing. And you see what you think is Perry's knob to the left at the back of the property. On top of it, you blink a couple times, but through the clouds, there seems to be this pink and purple glow. It's too early for sunset. And it's the wrong direction. This is north. Yeah. Uh, Did you see that, Max? Uh... What? Max was digging through her phone looking for a phone number because she's never memorized a phone number in her life. Uh, what, uh, it's what are you talking about, Brian? It's kind of the coloring in the, on the horizon there, and I'll point towards the north horizon. <sighs> wow, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Wow, it's really beautiful out there. Yeah, it's nice, huh? I get why she wants to keep it to herself. Absolutely. All right, yeah, let's give them a call and see if we can get them to draft something up. Yeah, Max is dialing. Okay. So you begin to dial. And Brian, you see a healthy-sized pig walk by one of the fences. And it's not far away. It's only maybe about like 15 feet away. It turns and locks eyes with you. And its eyes are striking. They look like human eyes. And you think you hear something say, help me. I'm Joseph Newman, and I play Brian Martinez. I'm Christy Bauer, and I play Maxine Sullivan. I'm Dan Voschkevich, the Handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dream Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. 
The Horror Out of Ruth Hollow is an original story created by me, Dan Voschkevich, with assistance from Joseph Newman and Christy Bauer. If you like our story, there are a few ways to support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episodes, Rowan's written reports for each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons, Stephen Schwartz, Director Arayo, Jonathan Powell, Tom Padula, M.S. Aznikar, Heather Ney, Jen Obertaz, Jake Blair, Bomb Clancy, Kit Thompson, Danny, Lady Bedeville, Sherrick Manning, Red Dead Coquette, Blardimus, Ginger Fury, Dr. Christian Lehman, Kate, D.B., Eli the Kraut, Mickey Maki, and Robbie Nowell. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on all the usual social media sites. Also, check out our website, www.theredactedreports.com. All of our handouts are archived there. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to Agent Harker through the contact form there. The Redacted Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear with us, please give Quest and Chaos YouTube and Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons & Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. Join us next week, because a single inky black wing propels a hunter through the darkness of night, and eyes, way too many eyes, peer at us from the abyss, waiting for us to let down our guards so they can consume our puny existence and subjugate the remainder of us in the name of the old gods. <laughs>